Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Are Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Darn a number leaver. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yo! What's good, everybody? And the man to the right of me ready to rock and roll the number one NFL podcasting correspondent in the game today, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, everyone. What's going on, everybody? Buckle up. We weren't able to join you last week. You know, I had a little scare in my family. My dad wasn't feeling well, so that's why we had to take off last week. Everything's fine now. He's doing much better. That's what was going on. We're back this week. Mike, we got some news and notes here to talk about with Joe Douglas, with Adam Gase. A few little jet things to get to. We're going to talk about the CBA. We're going to talk a little bit about the combine. We're going to talk about a little bit about fighting, Deontay Wilder. We're going to try to do that more here on the podcast, guys. Talk about other things, fighting maybe, any other things that come up. And before we do the show, sometimes we talk for 40 minutes. Yeah. Then do the show. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of opinions on many different things, so we'll yeah. get into the fight later, too. I really want to talk about that. Wilder, Fury Part 2. A little disappointing for me how it ended, but, you know, Fury's a beast. Wilder's a beast. They'll come back again, get it done again. But Mike, Michael, the big news this week, at least in Jet World, is that our GM, who last year, when we, when we when he got signed at a press conference throughout the year, he was available to the media, but wasn't necessarily, you didn't necessarily hear too much from Joe Douglas, right. which you kind of like. Oh, yeah. I think Gettleman maybe takes that to the extreme, with the not even talking to the media at all. And then when you That's do, a little too much. You're an idiot. Yes. I think Douglas last year just kind of, it wasn't really his team. He didn't get to put too much of his fingerprint on it. Right. So he just kind of laid back in the cut last year, did what he could. But Mike, he had some things to say this week, didn't he? He did. He did. He addressed some of the major narratives that have been being discussed around the team. One, Le'Veon Bell getting traded. He put that to rest. He said that he is not calling anybody about Le'Veon Bell. He didn't say he wouldn't listen if somebody were to call him, but he pretty much put it to bed and saying that Bell will be part of this team going forward. To be honest with you, I'm very happy to hear that. Um, One of the things that he said that I really took note of was that he made offensive line the one of the highest or the highest priority for him to do as a GM to rebuild this offseason. And I think, and you think, and the rest of us all know that that is the number one priority. So it was really good to hear him talk about that. Brian Winner's possible return he was talking. Now, one thing I want Jeff fans to understand, I know that we want to move on from Brian Winner's. A lot of us have said that because we'll be able to save $7 million on the cap. And, you know, but Brian Winner's, to be honest, has been playing injured the past two seasons. It's unfortunate. It's bad luck. One was a issue with his stomach or something with his in, his intestine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. It was and some type of internal other, issue. You're right. It was an internal, a core issue, and then the next one had to do with his shoulder. And look, he was still out there trying. So 
you know, I I will give the GM benefit of the doubt. He did play offensive line. He has been around really strong organizations and how those organizations were built. He was a part of that, the Eagles, the Bears, the Baltimore Ravens. So if he decides to keep winners, um, then I trust the, the, the direction there. And uh, the other major news that that um, that he was talking about was the goal to make Adam Jamal Adams a Jet for life. And that's something you and I, Keith, have discussed about. Because when you draft a player, the goal is for that player to be in the ring of honor and to actually retire in the Hall of Fame with your team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want the best player at every position that you draft. Well, Jamal Adams, we happen at number six overall to select the best safety in the NFL. And he's already the best in the NFL. I why would I understand the concept of trading him to get draft capital. I understand that. But when you have a guy who brings value not just on but off the field too, leadership can is attractive to free agents to where they wish to play with a player like Jamal Adams, a guy who increases the brand of the franchise. That's a guy I want always. And um, it looks like they've already started negotiating on a contract extension for him to make him the highest paid safety in the NFL. And I'm very happy to, to, to see that. So, um, and then lastly, Really, um, they did some interviews with some of the combine players we're going to get into it later. Uh, already interviewing Mackay Becton, left tackle out of Louisville, and Andrew Thomas. Um, both met with the Jets, so that was very good to look and see that that, that uh, Joe Douglas's priority is the off- offensive line. Yeah, Mike, you know it's one thing that uh, Douglas said that I, I like? Cause it's something you and I have wondered about, at least ourselves here. Now, this could have just be GM speak. It could be because you're not going to speak badly about an asset you're currently in possession of. Right. Because then even if you did want to trade him, that's not smart yeah. to do. But he did say when he was asked about Bell, because you know, he was asked if his play declined last year, because it was his worst stats he's had in a while. Yep. He doesn't agree with that. He said he didn't think the play declined at all. And he just said they have to do a better job opening lo- uh, opening up holes from, which is kind of obvious. You know, yeah. that, that goes without yeah. saying. Yep. Some of the stats last year were ridiculous. And him not getting traded, if that's the truth... Then that's encouraging just because I do think Bell's still one of the better running backs in the league. Yep. And I do think if he has a good offensive line, he could be tremendous. And he showed it in spurts last year. We just didn't have that offensive line. Teams could pretty key in on him pretty easily. And, you know, when it comes to Jamal Adams, Mike, and that's my favorite Jet. He's been my favorite Jet for a long time. He's my favorite Jet we've had on the team in a long time. Um, very motivational guy. Leads by example. You know, on, on the field out there, he's just tremendous. All pro this year. Without question, I think he's the best safety in the league. And if the Jets are going to go ahead and give him a contract for the next... You'll probably get a five-year contract, I'm thinking, Mike. Something of that nature. That would be tremendous because they did, you know, they had a couple different contracts there with Revis, and they lost him for a few years, and he came back. But Jamal Adams, almost to me, means more to the Jets than what Revis meant to the Jets when he was a Jet. Agreed. I think he means so much more because of how he how he operates as a leader, different type of personalities those two guys. Revis was super chill. Right. Revis was completely lead by my play, not so much my mouth. Yep. Jamal Adams does both. Yep. You know, and Jamal Adams is not shy with no. the media. He's not shy being passionate. He's not shy saying what he has to say. I think he's somebody that 
you you really do get behind as a franchise and a team. Oh, absolutely. You know, if that's if this is if you're going to give the big money to one or two guys on defense, I know defensive end defensive ends usually are who gets that right. and corners. That's the guy. Those are the two guy defensive guys. But yep. in this situation, this is unique cuz I know it's a safety, but it's not just any safety. Right. You know, he's right. getting sacks every year. He's he, he's you know, when you look at his stats, sometimes the stats don't even give you a true picture of how much he affects the game. Right. You know, and I just he's such a good player that I that was that was encouraging to hear and I do think they're gonna get it done with Jamal Adams, get him signed long term. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what every Jeff fan wants, Mike. Absolutely, and now is the time to do it. The quarterback isn't making all the crazy money, they're in a rebuilding stage. Put just go ahead and pay that money now, get it structured, get it laid out over the next couple of years, and you lock him up for the next five years as the top paid the top paid safety in the National Football League. He deserves it. He is the best safety in the National Football League, and he's the best player on the New York Jets and happens to be my also my my favorite player. Um, what were your thoughts about the story around Bell being overweight and out of shape? Now, I know that wasn't something that came, I would think, from Joe Douglas's camp, but it does go to show you that there are those in the New York Jets organization that are leaking things like this and... My number one suspect would be the coach or those who work closely with the coach. Well, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm like, I was thinking that exactly. As you were saying what you were saying, like, he's going to say Gase. Yeah. And I thought it was Gase, too. Like, when you said that, I was like, who else is it going to be? Yeah, well, like I said a sneaky. moment ago, like, the Burner account no, no general manager, unless somebody is a head case or a problem in that way, Right. no general manager is going to try to devalue an asset. No. You know, so right. I, that's not probably Joe Douglas. So that makes sense. Mike's, Mike's, Mike's uh, you know, train of logic there it makes a lot of sense. Right. Right. And, you know, I heard that too, Mike, and I thought it was a little strange because when he came into the season last year, all you heard was he's in the best shape, this, right. that, and the other thing. Yep. At least when the year started, now, what the hell do we know? We're not in the locker room with him. Um, I didn't hear anyone say that during the year. So, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you get to February in that? That's yeah. a thing. That, 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 that whole thing, that seems kind of shady. Yeah, and that's Adam Gase for you. I mean, again, is it proven? No, but he's, he's a shady guy, you know. Look, just look at the actions that took place last year during the draft. Mike McCagnan was in the drafting room all by himself. There was nobody else there. Do you think that that was a coincidence or that was something that Adam Gase just wanted to divorce himself of that entire process because he wanted nothing to do with Mike McCagnan and then stabbed him in the back afterwards? It seems like Gase is one of these guys that thinks he's smarter than he is. Right. And thinks like everyone else is just an idiot. You know, and when you get caught out there... So many times. I mean, he didn't have he didn't have great relationships. At least was reported with the players in Miami. Right. He yelled at the owner down there when we hired him. We went through it. You can go back, guys. We got episodes in the archives. Yep. Our most listened to episode we've ever had. AEBG World is Adam Gase franchise killer. Yeah. Now I lost yeah. my mind on that episode. Maybe yeah, I should do that more did. often. We all did, and we and we, we were, all... but me, we were, Mike and I were so upset. At the way he maneuvered McCagnan out, it had nothing to do with McCagnan doing a good job because he wasn't doing a good job. Right, true. At least, at least before the draft last year and that that draft class, whatever the case may be, right. and that free agent class, that's not that wasn't the point. No, that's not the point at all. It's how he went about it. Yeah, and just, you don't have the credibility in this league to do that. To do that. Oh, yeah. You're right. not Andy Reid. You're not Bill Belichick. Right. You know, you're you're not Mike McCarthy. Even no. you're, you're not you're not any of these dudes. No. Team hated you. The owner hated you of your previous job. So if that's your resume and then you go to interview, if you're an engineer, like I'm an audio engineer right. for my job. Right. If I go to interview at the next place and they call where I just worked, <laughs> yeah. 
for yeah. a res for a reference, and they say, well, to be honest, his performance wasn't great, right. and he was a jerk to everyone. Right. Hard to get hired. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With right. the Jets, though, Chris Johnson's like Chris Johnson's like come right in. Yeah, let's bring this come guy right in. You sound you sound like a great fit for New York, you <laughs> yeah. know. And it's we and, you well. know and we saw it went the way it went last year. They ended up seven and nine, yeah. you know. Um, so at the second half of the season, they did right the ship. But these type of things, a comment one way, then a comment the other way about Le'Veon Bell. This is what he does. He flip flops all over the place. Yeah, I don't respect people like that. You right. know, I respect he- people that. Whatever it is they think, either they keep it to themselves or they say it, and then if you ask them two months later, they think the same thing. You guys know how I am. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I gr- It bothers me, and it scares me to my biggest fear is that uh, next year. Now, one of the before I get in there, one of the things that um, Douglas said is that offensive continuity was something that the team is going to be looking forward to. It's the first time that all the coaches all came back. Uh, Sam will be in the same offense for a second year. You know, we'll be able to build on the things that the successes that were uh, executed from the previous year. But what scares me is that if Adam Gase still hasn't um, improved really as a coach and being able to run correct screams and whatnot, that he would quickly throw Sam Darnold under the bus and try to get him removed as well. That's the type of snake I believe Adam Gase is. So, you know, throwing narratives around from Bell, you know, even like you said, flip flopping Robbie Anderson, he wasn't a fan of. And, and Mike, you know what else? I'm gonna give. I want to give you an analogy, Mike, and I want to hear what you think about this. So, say you give, you have two seeds to the same seed. Right. You give one to a gardener who knows what he's doing. You give the other seed to someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. They both take those seeds back to their homes. They plant those seeds. Yep. Each of those people try to raise those seeds the same way. The gardener who knows what he's doing. Cultivates the seed to a beautiful, amazing a, a rose bush with beautiful right. roses everywhere blooming. The person who doesn't know what they're doing, their seed doesn't even grow; it dies on the vine. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. That seed in this analogy is Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah, Mike. And so we have this seed. We planted it. We had Todd Bowles one year, Adam Gase the second year. Adam Gase will be his coach's third year. He's still only twenty-two years old. Yeah. I don't want there to be any type of, you know, stunting of his growth just because we're being stubborn not getting rid of Gase. If there's another year of him not being able to get anything done offensively, yeah. you have to get rid of this dude. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's how, that, that's, that's, this is what we go through. And speaking of, you know, flip-flopping, Rich Semini uh, about a week ago came out with a story saying the Jets were unlikely to sign Robbie Anderson. And, 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 and Semini's pretty accurate when he gives that. And now... There's a story just two days ago from Tony Pauline saying the Jets will pursue Robbie Anderson. You know oh, what? We're all over the place, huh? We're, we're all over the place. Now, again, could it be fake news being spread, narratives? Who knows? Now, I'll ask you this question. Do you think that Douglas dropped the ball not trading Robbie Anderson at the trade deadline? No, I don't because... Um, if, if you took away Robbie Anderson last year, then what type of what what weapons were you even giving Sam? Right, Crowder and who else? Yeah, I mean that you couldn't. I mean that you were just leaving Sam with nothing at that point. And I know you got to think you got to think bigger than that. But I don't think they're in a. I mean, if they want to re-sign Robbie, they can. Yeah. So that's why I don't think it was that much of a mistake to not a mistake to not trade him last year. Right. Because he really is the type of guy, Mike, and I, I do believe this that. When it comes to trade value, I don't know how much teams want to give up to get Robbie Anderson. 
Right. I, I don't know how much I, I couldn't even think like con- compared to other players. Maybe maybe a team would give up a third, right? right. Uh, you know, player for player trades don't really happen in the NFL very often. No. So yeah. usually it's draft picks, right? Yeah. So you, or maybe or wait, maybe you could maybe get an end of the second round pick for him with a dra- with a trade that could have maybe happened, but they held on to him so Sam Lee's had another weapon and they could still right. re-sign him. But I think teams are much more much more apt to give him some money in free agency. Than to trade for him, yeah. I think he's that type of player where they want to hold on to their draft picks, and if you can sign someone like him at free agency, good. Yeah, but I don't. He's still somebody that, because of you know the lack of variety in what he does as a receiver, obviously big play guy, obviously takes the top off of defense. You need guys like that. Right. He's got the hands, but he's just not somebody that's overly physical, as right. we've spoken about. He's not going to go over the middle, break a tackle, bust a run. He's not going to do things that like guys like Amari Cooper, Julio Can Jones, or uh, Michael Thomas are going to do. Guys right, that will, will break tackles and then get yards after they even get hit a few times. Yep. So yeah. that's why he's in that gray area where I, I could see a team giving him. And Mike said this, oh, and sure. Mike's right, and I was wrong. Uh, I, I should give Mike credit. Mike said this about a month ago when he was talking about the amount of money he thought Robbie would get. I think you, Mike, you were saying about 13, 14, 15 million. I Around there. Yeah, I disagree with you. But now the more I thought about it, dude, you're right. Because he, I think for, insofar as a short-term contract, say a team gives him a three-year 36 with, with 25 million guaranteed, right? I could see that happening because yeah. he's the type of dude, if there's a really good team, like say, say you added Robbie Anderson to the Chiefs. Just hypothetically, say yeah. Robbie Anderson, say Robbie Anderson, they don't need him, they have Tyree Kill. But right. say they didn't have him, say you just put him on the Chiefs. Right. He could have 1,400 yards. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. of the type of offense they run which and, and the type of the quarterback they have. Yeah. Okay, say you put Robbie Anderson on the Ravens next year. Oh, God. Okay, he's better than any receiver they have. You're right. So, so my point, there's, there's teams you could put him on. And his stats would be you, you. You could put him on the. You could put him on the Saints and have him opposite. Put him on the Thomas. Saints. And these these are all teams where the reason why he would do so good is unlike the Jets, where teams would be like, all right, the Jets don't have that many options on offense. Yeah. So if they're going to pass the ball, they're either going to go deep to Crow- uh, deep to Robbie Anderson or short to Crowder. Yep. Teams could try to take away what we do. Yep. Um, on a team like any of the other ones we mentioned, you have to think about. Oh my God, they have Mahomes. They have Hill. Yeah. They have Kelsey. Yep. They have a good running back. They have Williams. They have all these other weapons. Oh, yeah. And then I think I think he's better than oh, Watkins boy. now, Robbie Anderson. Oh, absolutely. So say you subbed him. I'm just this is hypothetical. You subbed him in. He's a better player than him. Yeah. If you put him on the Ravens, all you're thinking about is Lamar Jackson because he's yeah. so dangerous from yeah. every angle, right? Yeah. Put him on the Saints, like Mike said. They have so many good players. Their quarterback is still so good. Yep. So there's places he could go and get good money. And this is my long way to way of saying that's a reality for me. But I, just, I don't see last year on the trade deadline teams giving up enough to the right. Jets to make it worth it yeah. for us. Right. So, look, if we end up signing him for 12, 13 with, you know, guaranteed. Now, the one thing I was going to say that we were talking about with um, Quincy Anunua, there's an injury clause in there with Anunua. I was researching and the Jets, because of the language that McCagnan has in the contract with the Nunua, if he can't play, the Jets are still on the hook for like eight million. Oh, they didn't Jets, maneuver themselves out of it. They didn't maneuver out of it, no, because of the language that they was in the contract. So nice job, Mike McCagnan, for put having that put in there for an injured player. So even if he can't play, we're still on the hook for like eight million. Yo, but even if he if, if he can't play, you can just cut him. 
Yeah, you so can cut him, but he's still gonna. But it's still dead yeah. money owed to him that that we would have to. Pay. Yeah, no, but if say I know that, but if you they'll owe it to him, but if you cut someone, you pay away like twenty percent. So as far as the cap goes, they'd free space up, but they'd still yeah. owe him the money. So I we'll didn't know see. That, no, it's another, we'll, another, yeah, another, I didn't know that's that. Great, I didn't, that's, crazy. that's a nice present McCagney left left us there. Then <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I just found this out about a week ago. I just I couldn't believe it. But no, um, Mike, they signed uh, Doxon, which is kind of like whatever. You know, what do you I think guess, about that? What do you think about that? I don't have any real thoughts about it because it's not like he's been – he's whatever. You know, he had 500 yards a couple seasons. Yep. Last year was kind of incomplete for him. Um, he's heard a lot too. I don't really have too many thoughts about Doxon. It's kind of it's, it's like kind of a non-ish. It's kind of a, it's a non- good dart. I think it's a good dart to throw at the board to see what the deal is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a, first, yeah. he's a former, I think, first-round pick by the Washington Redskins. And Yeah, I think he's going to amount to nothing though. What's more interesting is that the, the stories that ODB might want to come to the Jets, which is probably just because he likes New York. Yeah. And he... And, not, and, yeah. and look, I get it. You, you were, you're ODB. You're in New York. Right, the greatest city in the planet. Yeah. All right, no doubt. Yeah. Right, I know Mike's out in Texas, but guess what? Yeah. You don't live in the greatest place in the world anymore. Sorry, bro. And <laughs> let me let me throw this at you too. ODB lives in Cleveland. Okay, now, Texas dominates Cleveland. Absolutely. Texas is one of the greatest places in the world yeah. as well. I'm not disparaging Texas right. in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Cleveland's not high on my list. I'm no. just, guys, I've been there. It's not amazing. Right. And he's there now, probably like, yo, what the? Yeah, Can I please? <laughs> this train wreck last Can year I that occurred. back to NYC? Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield turned into Johnny Manziel last year. Yeah. He's throwing balls to people's ankles uh, the whole season. So I don't know what yeah. the hell happened to him. So I, I thought it was very, very strange. I don't want any part of Odell Beckham on the Jets. I don't, I don't want, want I don't want him anywhere near Sam Darnold. I don't want anywhere he's near. He's immature. He's not a winner. Places he, all, all teams do yeah, that, that he's that, on. That, that probably won't Teams that he's on lose. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's I all do. I know in the NFL. Like, the Giants had one season when they were uh, 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 when he was at one of his years, five years there. Right. And it's because they had the best defense in the league oh, that year. Yeah. Okay, let's, 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 let's not get it twisted. Yeah. Their defense that year was ridiculous. They went to the playoffs. They played the Blackers. Odell Beckham dropped four balls. Yeah. He dropped two touchdowns. That was the night Shut your mouth. The, uh, the, the Joe, oh, they right. went on the boat. So it's like, yeah, they went on the boat. There was the so, so it's like one of these deals where... I'm a big put up or shut up guy. Yep. So like you're gonna talk a lot of smack, no doubt. But like you gotta you gotta hold it down when the time comes. Yep. You gotta you gotta step up to the plate when it matters the most. You know yep. it's why the boxers and fighters in life, or even even athletes in any way, shape, or form, that we all kind of love the most sometimes, even if they have a big mouth, is the people that back it up. Yeah. Yep. If you don't back it up, you look like an idiot. Yeah. Odell Beckham to me is someone that in his career so far, I know he's had some great stats with the G Men. Oh, yeah. Okay, guess what? His stats with Eli Manning decimate his stats last year with this guy he thought and, was going to be so much better, right? Yep. Blow him out of the water, but Absolutely. Eli's a scrub, right? Whatever. Of course. Whatever. Whatever. Of course. Whatever with that guy's. In his career so far, his record, his win loss record, Mike, for the teams he's been on is absolutely pathetic. Oh. No, I know. And th- the craziest part, everything you said is 100% spot on. On Twitter, I had a Twitter uh, t- talk with a guy named Joe Caparoso, who's the owner of the TOJ Turn On the Jets podcast. And um, he mentioned about Odell Beckham Jr. And I tweeted to him that, you know, Joe Douglas ha- has said that the culture, setting the culture for the organization is one of his top goals. And I said that a move like this would actually be going against what Joe Douglas said from the day he came in as general manager. And then Joe Caparoso responds to me saying, I want a culture of catching touchdowns. 
And like, I, I'm, I look at him and I'm like, yo, you understand the amount of cap space this young, pl- this player is going to take up, number one. Number two, you understand that he's a head case both on and off the field. What, you're telling me that the value that he brings to our franchise will outweigh the negative? I'm sorry. I don't understand how you can have an opinion of he's going to catch downs. So we can draft receivers. We're going to go over a couple of these guys coming here shortly. We can pick up receivers. Yes, are they as ta- are they as talented as Odo Beckham Jr.? No, but they are much cheaper and they're much better to align with in a young team, core team like the Jets than a veteran like that. I, I just don't understand that line of thinking, to be honest with you. Well, it's a line of thinking where I don't know this person or his podcast or anything about this person, so I'm not going to disparage him. Right. I'm sure he's a tremendous Jet fan, but I mean, what are we doing? Are you, are you just trying to get clickbait or something? Because the culture of catching touchdowns, how did, let, let's ask, answer this question for me. How did that culture work out for the Giants? Yeah. Kind of sucked. Awesome, right? Did it work out well? Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. what are we doing? How did it work out for the Browns? Well, since you asked, Browns went 6-10. and 10. Which marks the fifth time in six seasons Beckham's teams have had a losing record. They sucked. The offense sucked. Beckham barely reached 1,000 yards. He had one touchdown all season until the final two games. I mean, we're gonna just stick our head in the sand and right. act like all of a sudden I don't. You know what? I don't give a crap. I don't care if a guy's the worst guy ever, the most me first guy ever. Put him on my team. I just want touchdowns. Right. That hasn't seemed to be a good recipe for success in the NFL. Ever. Michael Irvin, right? Michael Irvin had also had Hall of Famer's offensive line, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame running back. Right. What is the... Go ahead. I want this guy to tweet at Mike. Tell Mike... No, no. Tell Mike the team that had an ODB diva receiver, me first selfish receiver, that won the Super Bowl and was a great team. Yeah. Who, who's that team? And I'm, I'm who, who everything was about him. You know, I remember what Terrell Owens got there with the Eagles once. They didn't yeah. win like yeah. we can name guys that are in his vein that right. act the way he acts and everything has to be about him. They don't win. No. They're not winners. People hey, uh, act like him, they're not winners. The cultures that seem to work um in the NFL are the ones that have a really good quarterback. Right. <laughs> you know, it's so usually, and, yeah. and you know how you just, you know how you score a lot of touchdowns is having a really good quarterback. That yes. means more than anything else. Yeah. I'd love to have a really tremendous receiver, but the cost of that Salary cap wise, and then BS wise, nonsense wise. I mean, no. did it, when we signed Antonio Holmes, how'd that work out for the Jets? When we had Correct. Keyshawn Johnson on the Jets, yeah. you know, how did that work out? Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we can go down the line of teams, not just the Jets, <laughs> right. that have had a player like that on their team, of course, and it of hasn't course. worked out. Yep, because mm-hmm. for for a variety of reasons. And last year, you're all of a sudden heard rumblings out of the Browns. He was he's upset. Oh, he's this. He's that. You know, it's like. I don't even want. I don't even want to hear it all. So, I, so his narrative. So his his point of the only culture I'm interested in at this point is a culture that scores offensive touchdowns. I just I feel like you're saying you can't have a good offense without a, an elite level value talent like Odell Beckham Jr. And that's just not true. I mean, like you just mentioned, the the uh, Kansas City Chiefs have do have Tyreek Hill. They have a high power offense, but is Tyreek Hill as talented as Odell Beckham Jr.? I wouldn't. I don't think so. He's a very talented receiver, but Odell Beckham is probably one of the most talented receivers we've ever seen. Um, that may not be the best example, but there are teams out there that have very strong offenses, like the Baltimore Ravens, that do not have an elite receiver. 
on their team. Now, I would like to have a talented receiver that we get in the draft and that we're able to cultivate, but, but you know, I just don't see the logic behind getting a guy like Odell Beckham Jr., who's already looking to leave after being shipped out by the Giants, now one year in with the Browns being potentially wanting to be traded. It, it's not a good look, and I want nothing to do with it. Well, why don't we just go through a few things? So, Aldo Beckham had a meltdown when they played Carolina versus yep. Josh Norman. Yep. And that was embarrassment for the Giants. Yep. Not too long after that, Eli threw an interception towards the end of the game. He went, kicked a, a net. Awesome. Kicked the net. It hits him in his head. A week later, he proposes to the net in the sideline. Yeah. Um, he urinated like a dog on the sideline after a touchdown, if you guys remember that. He questioned Eli Manning... As a quarterback and the offense, yep. completely, he can still throw, yeah, he's pretty safe, you know, he's cool, catching those shallow routes, but I'm trying to take it to the house. He, and it, that wasn't the first time he did that. That wasn't the first yeah. time he did that. And then he gets backed no. by his own GM of his team. Now, we're not even getting to all the other off-the-field things with him getting to a fight at a club, getting smashed by some dude, getting caught with pictures on him and some chick, there's coke in the room, doing whatever, do whatever you want, yeah. right? But no, how stupid are you? Yeah, Being yeah, on a yeah. boat before a playoff game? How, how many things I just named? It, t- it took 45 seconds to look those up. Yep. The, the kid's, yeah. what, he's 26? Uh, yeah. Wait, five years? You crammed that much stupidity into that short amount of time? More. Odell Beckham Fun Facts Odell Beckham Jr. has played in 76 career games in his six-year NFL career. His teams have won a combined 30 of the 75 regular season games he participated in. 0-1 and one in the playoffs. That is a total record of 30-46, and 46, a winning percentage of 39%. In other words, his teams have lost 61% of the games he has played in as a professional. Furthermore, 11 of these 30 regular season wins came in the 2016 season, when the Giants went 11-5 with a dominant defense and didn't score over 30 points once the entire season. Which means, ODB's team's record outside of the 2016 season is 19 wins 41 losses. He is, by any definition, a losing football player. I don't want that nonsense! On the get what? It's just, it's just a dumb, no, it's just a lazy, stupid comment. It ain't the situation, uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, Mike, so that was Jet Talk right there. Went to some news and notes there. We got, we got some nice tidbits in there, I think, for Jet fans, considering the time of year we're in. But let's talk about the new CBA structure in the NFL right now. I think this was ratified, Mike, so this is going to be official. This mm-hmm. is going to be gospel now when it comes to the NFL. Seven playoff teams in each conference. Season's going to go a little longer now, obviously. They're going to increase revenue sharing. You also change some of the rules with marijuana. The commissioner is not going to be the judge and jury anymore. You know, so a lot of no, a lot of little tidbits here yep. um, that seem to be positive developments. And I do, Mike, and I, I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what the Wookiee thinks. Yep. I do like the seven playoff teams. I'm thinking a few years back, Mike, when the Jets, now we lost the last game of the season, but the Jets went 10-6 and six and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. That's tough. Uh, and that's, that's tough when that yep. happens, you know. And I, I think when you get the seven teams in there, you get one team a bye. Yeah. Which I like that. Yeah. I think one team gets the buy. I kind of dig that, you know, and that really works. So, um, one extra playoff team. I'm like, why not? I mean, that's that's. I'm a Jet season ticket holder, so one more chance at making the playoffs for Absolutely. me and getting a Jet home playoff game is tremendous. I'm a big fan of that. The, the season going a couple weeks longer it doesn't affect me at all. It just I'm just I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah. The players might not be big fans <laughs> of it, but I think they're gonna have, they're gonna have two buys. Yeah. Yep. So they'll they'll stretch that in there. Um, revenue sharing got a bit of an increase, close to 50%. You know, when it comes to the players too, Mike, even when it just comes to the country that we live in, the amount of 
you can look at the, the problems we have as a country when it comes to drug issues. Right. And there's a variety of them. But the biggest one in our country right now that's kind of an epidemic is the opioid yes. um, addiction people have. Yes. The amount of opioids that get prescribed to people legally yep. over the counter and stuff. And when it comes to the NFL, a lot of these players, this is going back 15, 20 years now, mm-hmm. a lot of players, instead of wanting to take those things that are bad for your, your kidneys, bad for your body, bad for your overall health, they're very addicting, mm-hmm. obviously we know. It's hard to get off of them. Right. It's ruined people's lives. Led them down all types of different paths, left and right, r- the laming people. Now yeah. imagine you have millions of dollars, what your access will be. Instead of taking those type of drugs for pain, a lot of NFL players try to self-prescribe with marijuana. This goes yeah. back many, many years. But now this is finally something that they're not going to test for and let these guys kind of do what they need to do in some cases. Maybe some people are doing it recreationally, obviously. Sure. But I'm sure in other cases, there is positive benefits people can have when it comes to pain management, of course. when it yeah. comes to your psyche, when it comes to lowering stress. Yeah. Um, you can go on, you can go online, look up hundreds of different benefits it has for people medicinally. And Mike, also when it comes to CBD, CBD has a lot of... CBD is something also you used to not be able to in the NFL. You shouldn't. They would right. test for that. You'd be in trouble. Um, CBD is something that has a ton of different benefits for people. That's something I think is a really positive benefit for the NFL because type people that are going home to self-prescribe for things like that or just to smoke a little bit. Um, it, it sh- it's kind of the same level as going home. Someone who's going to have a six pack. It's not even as dangerous in right. many ways, right? right. Um, but if you get tested right. and you get banged for that, you can actually be out of the league. Yeah. What no one who goes home and drinks a, a fifth of vodka is going to get tossed out of the league. It doesn't happen. Right. You know? so, right. Um, yeah. But it's, it's that it's that much more dangerous. And Mike, the biggest one, and I want to hear your thoughts on all these too, Mike. I didn't mean to go on for so long, but the commissioner now no longer being the person who is judging what's happening, and then also deciding the punishment, which is a mind boggling power structure when you think about it yeah. and how that was the case I, I, don't, I, I don't I don't I won't pretend like I know enough about the history oh, no, uh, 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 the either. history of NFL CBAs to know how long that was the exact structure but I know it's been that way for a while and players didn't really like it and I did not understand that Mike and I think that was something that needed to change because uh, you can have the commissioner Mike involved in one of those roles sure right maybe you can be maybe he's the one deciding or maybe he's the one that's gonna pick your punishment but if you're doing both, it makes it, it makes no. There's no. There's yeah. no objectivity. There's no checks and balances in no. that situation. No. But it's all just the purview of one guy's mind, right. and that, right. that can't be the way a league like the NFL, you know, the most profitable league on the planet of Earth, billions and billions of dollars are involved yeah. here. You can't have a league like that set up that way. It makes no sense. No. Do you realize that the TV contracts are going to be renegotiated? And there's an estimate that they could double the amount of money that they're going to make. Did you say double? Double. Double. Dude, this, just doing this, just doing what they're about to do, just adding a game and extending the season, the money that's coming in from gambling, from fantasy football, all the major mechanisms like podcasts and other things. The it gets the NFL gets one billion dollars a year from CBS, one point one billion dollars a year from Fox, and nine hundred and fifty million dollars a year from NBC. Yeah, so that all those figures potentially will double. Uh, oh my after this. God! Yes, that so that just think about that now. The, the money now. Remember, all states that allow betting. Um, you have five of them coming up in the next election that are looking to uh, be able to bet. Think about all if all those states actually end up legalizing betting, online betting and everything, y- the amount of money that's going to be coming into the NFL, it's too large for them not to get a deal done. They will get it done. 
And I do believe that the marijuana and the commissioner changes are going to be huge for players. Um, I know that Aaron Rodgers has already come out and said he doesn't like it. And there was another player, I think it was the center for the Steelers, Pouncey, came out and didn't like what uh, with the, the extended season and games. Also, uh, another change that they're going to have is right now on a bye, they don't get paid. And now in this new structure, they will get paid on their bye week. So there's a lot of provisions in here that I think are going to be player friendly and allow the players to want to play. But as far as the seven playoff teams, I love it. I'm absolutely in love with it because Nick, Nick, think about a wild card weekend and divisional round weekend. We're going to have on wild card weekend uh, a the morning game. An afternoon game and a night game, all day. And you'll have you have three division winners <laughs> up against three. You have three division winners up against three wild cards. Yes, yes, dude, cool. I can't wait. And then you'll have one team in the cut chilling. That'll and be then a full day yeah. in the bar. You yeah. get three winners, and then the the team with the 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 buy team is going to go over us the lowest seed, and you keep going. Yep. So. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm for it. Nick, what do you think, Nick? You a fan of the uh, seven like teams? I like it. If it's going to make um, more games, like Mike said, three games in a day, it's an entire day of football, playoff football. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it's exciting. What they, I think, and I'm not sure about this, but they're going to have 17 games, but the, the regular season is going to be 19 weeks, and that's because it's going to have two buys in there for each team. And this essentially would push the Super Bowl to President's Day weekend, meaning a lot of people will be off work on Monday. So they can go to Super Bowl parties and have, you know, do what they want and then they won't have to work on them. So I love, I love the way they were extending the season. I mean, think about it. The Super Bowl would have ended last week instead of when it ended, right? So we have all, and the, I think the preseason games go down from four to three. So they get three preseason games and then they start start the season. So from a fantasy perspective, I think it's awesome because we get more instead of our season ending on week 13, I think it is. Now the season would end on week uh, 15 then, right? We would end our, our season. Yeah, I mean, and if start it's going to be a uh, 19, 19 weeks. So that means 18, 17, 16, 15 would be when the playoffs start. Wow. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome, wow. man. That's 15. Dude, that's 15 weeks of fantasy that's football. That's grind right there. That's the grind right there. <laughs> that's that's the grind right there <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so, awesome to watch it. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't have to go and play football for that long. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited about it. You guys both are, are really good with the way everything. Yeah, so far, yeah. Yeah, I have no complaints. Yeah, oh, I dig it, man. I dig. I dig the changes. I'm happy with everything they're doing here. Okay. The situation uh, kind of got heavy That's on the CBA me. guys. Yeah. And, you know, so some new players are going to be entering the league. Some neophytes, some NFL newbies, rookies will get drafted in April. They're doing the combine this week. The NFL meat market yeah. is here. You're getting measured. You're getting weighed. You know, short, short. How high can you jump? Yeah. How fast can you run? A big hand. You see those cones? Yeah. Run around them. Don't touch them, though. All right? Run around those cones. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must feel like an idiot when you're there. But it's for a good reason because you're, you're trying to go ahead and make yourself millions and fulfill a dream. Yep. Mike, with the combine coming up, I'm not a guy who's going too deep in the weeds in the combine. All right? right? When the stats come out, when I get some results. Yeah. 
I'll take a look. Yeah, 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 All right, I'll take a look then. That's how I do my business. Sure. Yep. But I know there's a different type of guy in the world. His name's Michael Garris. Yeah. Okay? And he's on top of these things. So I'm going to go ahead and let Mike tell us what's up and some guys he's looking at right now at the Combine. Yeah, so the Combine's about to start. Look, the Combine isn't something that's going to make you be like, I'm absolutely drafting this player today. But the Combine can definitely tell you not to draft a guy like an offensive lineman that can't bench 225 pounds eight times or a wide receiver that can't run the 40 in under 4.8 seconds, right? Uh, or, or, I mean, over 4.8 seconds, you don't want to draft a wide receiver that's running that slow. So it can definitely take you off of the list, but it's not going to absolutely establish you uh, as a great prospect. Now, the combine's about to start. Uh, a lot of Jet fans are looking. We know that offensive line and wide receiver are two of our biggest need groups. Edge, obviously, but I hope they're not going there in the first round. In my opinion, they're going to go tackle in the first round. I'll get to a few tackles that we're going to want to look at. But we're probably looking at receivers in the second round. So I wanted to start it off with a couple of guys that I think that in the second, third, fourth round, we may want to target and that have really tremendous upside. And the first guy I really want to talk about is Denzel Mims, wide receiver out of Baylor. 6'3", 207 pounds, arms 33, 78 inches, and hands 9, 38 inches. Big, big dude. He did 16 reps on the bench press, which is pretty, pretty good. You know, he's, his strengths, he's, look, he's got above average combination of size and speed. He has a fluid stutter go move, which is really good. He goes up and grabs the ball, sharp focus on, uh, on, on throws. His, he has full body extension, has a, big catch radius and really he's very you know he's not a burner and he's not like a big possession receiver but he has a lot of size talent and he's very good at running routes i would like everybody you know when the you're watching the combine watch this guy and see what he's able to do out there during the combine um another guy i want to talk about is jefferson I know that, uh, or I'm sorry, Henry Ruggs. So supposedly we're supposed to be, I don't know why, but um, it looks like Joe Douglas is very interested in Henry Ruggs. I think that we would have to trade up into the first round to grab a guy like this. Supposedly, Keith, Henry Ruggs is on target to break the 40 record. They think that he's actually going to do it. Yeah, they no, they really oh, think that he's going to do it. Now that's something, that type of stuff, that'll make me tune into the combine, yeah. things like that. Yeah. They do. He's 5'11", 188 pounds. So he's not like, he's kind of like, reminds me of Robbie Anderson, to be honest with you. He's elite, he has elite speed, dude. He's really, he's, he's, he's got game-breaking speed. He's slick on the outside to the inside release, easy gliding strides as a route runner. And he torments coverage with change-up to fast route speeds, slow route speeds. Um, he's he's in another. He's a he's a shotgun now. Supposedly, um, this this is a guy that um, the the GM is interested in. I wouldn't be personally because I feel like we already have somebody like this named Robbie Anderson. But this is somebody that they're looking at, and you know we'll find out uh, if he's going to be on the board. So. Really, it's I, we would have to jump into the first round to grab a guy like that. The only other guy in the second round that I would really love to get is Justin Jefferson. 
uh, wide receiver out of LSU. I don't know if you got to watch the national championship and you saw Joe Burrow throwing touchdowns all over the place. This guy caught like two of them. He's 6'1", 202 pounds, 33-inch arms. This guy also has good initial bursts off the snap. He's slippery, working around traffic and redirection in space. Uh, naturally instinctive pass catcher. You saw what he did in the in the in the championship game. So I thought he was, uh, you know, I think he's a very good player, and he's somebody that we were able to get in the second round. So I would keep your eye on 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 Jefferson. Now going to offensive line, you probably know that there's four prospects at tackle. So we've got uh, Werfs, we've got Wills, we've got Andrew Thomas, and we've got Mackay Becton. And have you looked and saw the size of Mackay Becton? I, I, want, I, I don't know if you've actually checked him out, Keith, out of Louisville. Have you seen his stat, how big he is? <laughs> um, I know, well, the only guys I know that are coming out, bro, is Becton, Wills. Yeah. Thomas, um, like you Worf. said, Worf, Jones from Houston. So, like, Jones. what's his name? Uh, Beckton's like 370 pounds. Dude, he's six, six foot eight six, or something. Some crazy. Seven. What's his name? He's about to be six eight. He's six seven. Mike, he's Louis. Months. Mike, he's Louisville, right? Yeah, Louisville. Yep. He's Louisville. He's okay, Louis- okay, okay, okay. What's Louisville. His name, he left, his name is Mackay Beckton. Yeah, Dude, now the other day guy? I was watching. I, you know, I have I might not have my surface research done just on offensive linemen, and they had someone NFL Network about the NFL offensive linemen. It's the reason I know him. Like I was eating cereal and I looked up. I'm like, who? <laughs> the hell is that dude? He's taking up like the whole screen. <laughs> Son, he's six seven, he three hundred sixty four pounds. He's got thirty five. Check this out, dude. He, he's absolutely giant. With he's possesses a seven foot wingspan that's rare you never see that he's got huge upper body black he's huge and 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 you know what's crazy is uh a lot of these draft experts are saying he could go number four to the giants like that's how high he could go because of his no i'm serious you you guys may draft this dude uh, number four overall. I he's love like a, he's like the size of Braun Strowman oh from WWE. Oh my God, six seven three, almost three seventy. God bless him. And if your name is first of all another another guy Mackay? though, it's a strong name. Awesome. Makai Beckton's a strong name. Mackay it's Beckton. a strong, powerful name. Yeah, that I, I respect. Automatically on the list. No now Tristan what with Tristan that kid. Uh, Werfs, good player. Yeah, right. Not a strong last name. Okay. The way I feel about it is Werfs and Wills. Okay, Jedrick Wills out of Alabama, Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Strong guys. They're awesome. But here's the thing that I don't really like about them. They're interchangeable. Like, they play guard. They play tackle. Yeah, they play yeah, right. right. You're right. I don't, you know, they're really talented, but they're not like a left tackle. Okay? Yeah. There's two left tackles in this draft that I really like. It's Mekhi Becton, who is a left tackle. Yeah. And the other guy is Andrew Thomas. And Mike. I first knew about I'm him because you sent him to me. Yeah. You texted Oh, Thomas, yeah, from Georgia. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah, from Georgia. He's 6'5", 315 pounds. This dude, you know, he got, he got, he was the number one rated offensive lineman in the SEC, okay? And um, the thing, you know who the uh, all of the draft scouts say that his career projects to be like as? Um, DeBrickishaw Ferguson. Oh, <laughs> Isn't wow. that crazy? Right. He projects to be off. DeBrickishaw Ferguson. plenty of Pro Bowls. It's a great player right there. Why yeah, not? exactly. Yeah, so he, he, to me, if you ask me my opinion, okay, and I don't make my opinion, you know, quiet, I put it on him. I want Andy Thomas. That's what, that's what I really, really want because I think he's the safest cat. He's... But Mike, back then, when they showed some of his tape, like, 
say right now you put you go down to Brooklyn, Wookie. Yeah. Right. Okay. We scoop up a whole bunch of like 140 pound little hipsters. Right. We toss them in the bouncy castle. Sure. We let you in. Oh god. And you just start leveling cats. Oh. That's what Beckton looked like in his team. Yeah. Just yeah. people flying yeah. in Absolutely. the air. Absolutely. Off the walls. Kid is six seven, almost three seventy. I mean, that's that's a monster. That's yeah. not even a man anymore. God bless you. Oh god. Because that's his. Yeah. That's like his. Like um, that's, that's his nemesis in life. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. So if you're listening to this and you are a hipster, we still love you. I got, I got love for you. But Wookie just wants. Really but Wookie just wants to hit you. If you know Goldberg, he right. wants to spear you on the cement. You can get a spear. Mess your hair up. Look, if you see it, shave. Trip me, you know, touche. God bless you. Shave but, your uh, beard off. Yeah. Yeah, I got. Yeah. And then um, for those dark, uh, you know, those navy blue shorts with the uh, white lobster print. Yeah. That's you know. Not, and then and then, cool t- and then take your smoothie you have. Yes, I will. And I go home. I drink it. Drink. I drink your milkshake. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. We had a heavyweight championship battle. Yep. This weekend, Mike was watching it down in Texas. We were texting during the day. You know, I had some people over here watching the yep. fight. Me, Wookie, Chesterfield Estates. We had a whole bunch of people yep. over here. A little disappointing for me, Mike, for a couple reasons. This is what I'm. A, this is why. Now, I'm a Deontay Wilder fan and I'm a Tyson Fury fan. I respect both those dudes, both right. tremendous fighters. And I didn't know who's going to win going to the fight. It was pretty much, if you look at the betting odds, up until a day or two before the fight, it was pretty much even money. Even, right. right before the fight, a little bit more money came in for Wilder. But even going in, it was pretty much even money. And Fury, such a good boxer. In my head, I'm like, yeah, is he going to get caught again? I'm not sure. But Deontay Wilder, all I've seen him ever do, every single fight, even his last fight versus Ortiz, the previous fight versus Ortiz, you can go through his whole career, is he's going to get you at some point. Yeah. Even the first fight with Fury, twice, he got him. Got he him. caught him out there. Yeah. And he weighed like 212 pounds that first fight. So <laughs> in this fight, I really felt confident. I'm like, you know, Wilder looks bigger. He looks good. Right. I think he's going to get it. And this is how fights work out, bro. In the first, Mike, you saw the first three rounds, pretty good. Yeah. Back and forth. Wilder landed some shots. Fury landed some shots. Yep. Fury looked a little bit better. I, th- I thought Fury won the first couple rounds. Wilder may have sneaked out one round. Yeah. But Fury, Dante Wilder, they both look good. Yep. Third round, when Fury, the, the ref separated, and then he went, boom, Fury lay, landed a combo right away. Yep. Punched to the ear, you know, boom, hit it. Rebel. After that knockdown, yeah. Wilder was just never the same, guys. Nope. His legs were never the same. You saw that his equilibrium was off, his ears bleeding in the corner. Yep. Yep. But eventually, eventually, the announcers finally started mentioning it. Yep. But to me, Mike, it came down to in the fight. Like after that happened to him, he was compromised. To me, when I was watching, yep. and I, I watch boxing all the time, I was watching. I like worried because I'm like the way he was falling down and like it seemed. It just seemed like um, he didn't, like he he didn't have his balance. And th- yep. I know, I know that can happen when you get hit with a good shot. Don't get me wrong. You you can get hit on your chin yep. and feel wobbly. But right. this is different. When you get hit in your ear like that, nope. you mess with your eardrum. That's a different feeling of uneasy. Nope. That you know, you, your your legs are jelly legged, and, and the mind, guy you know you're bleeding. And, out of and your the ear. dude standing in front of you, even though he doesn't necessarily have knockout power, he's six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah. So yeah. I was worried because after that happened, he looked like he wasn't defending. I was like, nope. oh man, he, I, I'm surprised, nope. Mike. I, I'm surprised I even got to the seventh round. Right. To be honest. Yeah. With you. Yeah. I think that after he got his eardrum busted, that was it. That and, was it, bro. Uh, you know, You're look, right, Fury, I like listening to Fury, and uh, he, he's very charismatic. Very, I, I like that I'm interested in boxing again, because it has been so long, 
since I used to love Mike Tyson fights and love when, you know, fighting Evander Holyfield and Riddick Bowe and going all the way back in the past, you know. And after, you know, uh, Lewis ended up losing to um, Klitschko. Yeah, after Lewis lost the belt to Klitschko and Klitschko had it for all those years, I just lost interest, man. But these guys, uh, Wilder, Fury, they've got me back interested in the sport at the heavyweight level, heavyweight uh, level. And I hope to see, and I believe we will see, a third fight between Wilder and Fury. And after that fight, do you want do you want Fury to go and fight um, Joshua to so that he is the heavyweight champion of the world? Period. Like he has all the belts and everything, and then Wilder fights him, or do you want them to just fight a third time and then he goes to fight Joshua? No, I mean as fast as those two guys can fight each other, and by those two guys I mean Fury and Joshua. That's what I want because fight itself, he hit him on the ear. The way that went, he even got, he ended up actually even getting a point taken from him, right. Fury in the fight. Yeah, but there's no, there's no way to say he still wouldn't have won either, even if that didn't happen because yeah. he was he was fighting great, yeah. Fury. So I'm not gonna, he might have whooped Wilder anyway. Mike, I just want to, when at the end of um, Lennox Lewis' career, he beat Vitaly Klitschko, then he just retired. Yeah, it was after oh, he, okay. he I'm sorry. Klitschko, but no, I apologize. Okay. And then he just, I, I just, I just wanted to double check because he beat, he beat Tyson. <laughs> and after that, though, what happened is that the Klitschko brothers took over the heavyweight division for a really long time. Then there was intermittent guys that no one cares about. That I won't go through the list of them that were heavyweight, quote unquote, heavyweight champions, right? And you know, Klitschko was the dude. He lost to Fury. Fury had those titles. You're like, all right, here we go. You know, and then Fury kind of, yeah. he kind of had his own issues in life right. and stuff. And then come down to Joshua and Klitschko, Joshua would beat him. So, like Mike said, the way the timeline's gone through here, with now you have Joshua holding three of the belts, you got Tyson Fury holding the other belt, right. but not just holding one belt, he's actually the guy who everyone looks at as the heavyweight champion, because he never lost his belts. Right, right. He right. came back, yep. and he had a draw versus Wilder, but he's won all his other fights. So, that's the guy, to me, even though he only has the one belt... He has the chance That's to me, yeah. you know, as far as far as I go. It's just like when, before Tyson back in the day fought Trevor Burbick to get his last title before he was unified champion, you didn't look at Trevor Burbick as the heavyweight champion. You're like, no, Mike Tyson. Right. right. That's Even though you have a belt, too. Oh, of course. In this case, Joshua has three and Fury just has the one, but it's flip-flopped. But in my head, I'm like, well, Fury, to me, that's the heavyweight champ. Like, Joshua has to prove it because he lost to Ruiz, who, that's not a Deontay Wilder. Right. You know, he's out He's out here fighting dudes, Joshua. He hasn't fought Luis Ortiz, he hasn't fought Wilder, and he hasn't fought Fury. You know, I mean, he yeah. hasn't fought any of the guys, to me, that you look at as the best, best, best heavyweights. Right, right. And he still has a loss. Yep. Where Wilder's out here, he fought Ortiz, he's fought Fury twice, he's fought Ortiz twice. Fury will fight anybody. Yep. Fury don't care at all. So, yep. I got mad respect for both those dudes because of that. I'm not saying I, got, I don't have the respect for Joshua, he's a great fighter, too. But and he doesn't have as many fights as those guys. He only has twenty four fights, but he needs to step it up to me. Yeah. And he needs oh, to prove absolutely. he has he has an automatic uh, title defense coming up soon for one of his belts. After that, I want him to step up and fight Fury. Right? Because why? Why wait? Yeah. What do we got to wait for? You know? Yeah. yeah you might have to because of contractual reasons, and they're on different networks. They're signed to different networks and stuff. And that Wilder fight, Deontay Wilder has a clause in the contract for for this fight. Um, that within thirty days, as long as he exercises it. He can get a rematch. Oh shit! So okay. that rematch will be within six months, I, I believe, if, unless I heard that heard that wrong the other day. So I think in the rematch, and he made some excuse <laughs> about the gear he had on, you know, his entrance stuff, 
yeah. and his knee and this and that. Yeah. That wasn't what happened, bro. You got your ear blasted, which is no fault of your own. You just, fights happen, bro. You get blasted in your ear sometimes. You know, you got knocked out, bro, and, and or say they threw the towel in. Yep. Because I was I was saying this to you guys earlier. If, if you say, imagine you never lost a fight. Right. You had one draw, yep. and you've knocked out pretty much every single dude besides one you ever fought. Yep. You're not giving up. No. No, that no. dude, that type of dude who's never lost a fight, no. that dude's not going to be like, even though I don't know what up from down right now, because right. I'm like, you know, my whole my whole entire world is <laughs> right now. Yep. Right. Those type of dudes, they're not giving up. No. So that that's to his own debt at that point. That's to his own detriment. Yep. This isn't. It, well, your it, corner it, has to throw. And you know, you know what, guys, it doesn't yeah. matter necessarily the size. You could be you could be fighting 135. You could be the size of these guys, right? Right. But if you are fighting a dude who's six nine, two seventy, and you're at compromise. And you're not necessarily defending yourself. It doesn't matter if one shot doesn't drop you. You might get hit with a hundred shots. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that, that'll put you in a bad spot. That can mess you up for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So I do think his corner did the right thing. Yep. You know, and I do think they did the right thing because he could live to fight another day now. Sure. He could fight Fury again. You never Absolutely. know what happens in the third fight. See, he wins the next fight. They could even fight a fourth time. You know why? They have a draw. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you have one guy with a win. Another guy with the win there you go and a draw. Yep. So you could go to a fourth fight to have the even d- more money for those guys. That's, that's what I'm saying, guys. So, um, yeah, I just got wild. I got hyped hey. up. You know, the, the fights went the way they went. I was yeah. bummed out for Wilder, but Fury is a great fighter. To me, probably the best fighter and the best heavyweight in the world right now. I'd love him to see him fight Joshua. That would be that would be a tremendous fight. But I don't think I think Joshua is going to do what he has to do right now to not fight Fury. Right. Agreed. That's Agreed. what I feel. Right. That's what I feel because he he pulled some like little shadow games to me, kind of not trying to fight Wilder, but then he would say Wilder was trying to not fight him. Right, it's like some Floyd Floyd Mayweather. It's like that reverse psychology method. Yeah, where Wilder's like Wilder's legit out here fighting everybody. (laughs) So he's like, "What are you talking about, man? He's trying to make that money." He's like, I'll fight you. I want to. I want to make fifteen million dollars. Why would I not want to fight you? Right. Um. Where Joshua was still at that point. This is like they say two, three, four years ago. He had 17 fights, 18 fights, and Wilder had a lot more fights than him. Right. So he probably didn't want to fight him then. Yep. That probably makes sense. Of course. Times have changed now. Maybe they fight now. But I would love, Wilder's going to be one of these dudes. Say he goes and he loses to Fury again. He's going to go knock everyone else out. Oh, sure. So he's going to have to come around. Joshua's going to have to fight him at some point. Oh, it's never. You can't just duck him your no, whole career. You have to duck, yeah, you can't. You know? So that so if you want to be honest, if you want to be honest, I wouldn't even I would not fight if I was Wilder, <clears throat> I would not fight Fury. I would fight Joshua, get the three titles, and then have Fury come get him. I would I would easy understand what I'm saying? Like yeah, I'm but Wilder, that, that, I fight I Joshua, get the sorry, it's tough because of the way that uh it's set up, like he has the automatic rematch clause. If he doesn't if he doesn't go after the automatic rematch clause in the next 30 days, Wilder, right. then it lapses. Fury never has to fight him again. If he doesn't right. want to. He yeah. And that's, and that's fine. Right and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. That's fine. Let Fury have the belt. I would, what I would do is I would go fight Joshua. I just lost, right? I would fight Joshua, get the other three belts, and then look at Fury and be like, what's up? So that fight would be great. Oh, right? Wouldn't it? That, that's a Hardenberg show about Fury and Wilder uh, possibly selling out Wembley Stadium. Oh, wow. I'm like that's a ton of fucking people. They probably meant Fury and Joshua. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, the two the two Brits. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yep. Yeah, they could probably. Well, they, they've sold out Wembley before. They could probably that's go to England. Crazy. They could probably um, say they had like a two hundred thousand seat arena. Right. Doesn't exist. 
let's say they had it over there, they could fill that up with Brits because it's a Brit versus a Brit, right? Which is cool. So, right. and I'm sure everyone will take sides, the guy that they like and stuff. And you know, it's just tremendous, man. It just if those are the two best guys now, it doesn't matter what country they come no, from. Of man. I just want I just want the best guy to be the champ. Yeah, right. And uh, I want to see who the best is. I want undisputed heavyweight champion. Yeah, that's Muhammad Ali. That's Mike Tyson. Yep. Like, not a lot of guys. Had been the guy who everyone's like, no, that's the guy who has all the belts. Lennox Lewis had them all. Lennox Lewis had them all, right? Yeah, no, Lennox Lewis had them all. And like, as you go through the lineal champion, there's guys we all recognize. You know, (laughs) it was Mike Tyson, and then for, you know, Buster Douglas beat him, but Buster Douglas' next fight, he lost to Evander Holyfield. That that was his entire existence was from one fight to the next, and he was gone. Yeah. And then it was Holyfield. Then it was running bow. Yeah. You know. Then we had Lennox Lewis. You know. So then we had the Klitschko's. So we, we but the Klitschko's were just not exciting. When all the heavyweights went to Europe. We're going on forever, dude. We got we got to wrap this up. I'm sorry, guys. We're yeah. dirty out of boxing. We're at an hour and nine minutes. Um, <laughs> when with all the heavyweight boxing, there was a lot of guys from Europe. There was a seven foot dude. I'm getting his name from Russia. All right. these dudes. It was like when you don't have the American market engaged. Right. It's tough. <laughs> you know, it's tough. I just remember watching fights. I was like, why? It's just, it's just people hugging each yeah. other. Like, I'm, I don't want to watch this. But you know what? Because what if like, they're like, they announced, all right, you know what? Like Mike said, Deontay Wilder's not fighting Fury, but he's going to fight the Ruiz in like six months. That'd be ill. Oh, Ruiz upset Joshua. Like, now you at least you got four dudes that are interchangeable that could all have cool fights. Right. You know, right. there's another guy, another British fighter named Dylan White, who's ranked fifth in the world right now, who's really good. So, I mean, there's a bunch of good heavyweights out there. Like, All right, but guys, yeah, we just bored you with some... Bu- with our, right. That was our 15-minute boxing podcast yep. at the end of the AEBG podcast right there. But we wanted to say thank you, everybody, for listening, joining us, as always. Happy to be back. It was a tough week last week for me, but here I am, back, rocking out with the boys, back at Crystal Lake Studios. And, uh, you know, the, the, the podcast is always therapeutic. We thank everybody for listening to us, always, and supporting us. Mike, and if anyone does want to, tweet at our show, contact us, contact you, contact me, contact the Big Stinking Wookiee. What's up? Where could they do that? Well, we are hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter. At AEBG underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at jet.aebg. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, and the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Crock. My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Get at you next week. Peace out. Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the Don't want a number leaver.